Well, good morning and welcome to Liberty Church. My name is Jessica and I am super excited. This is my first time to preach since I've had Xander and I am just like so pumped, y'all. I told Ian last I was like, I didn't sleep hardly all last night. I was just so excited. Like my heart is just beating outside my chest. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I am super excited. We are going to be continuing our series, Unshakable, part three today. And so I ain't playing around. We're going to dive in because there's a lot God's going to give us this morning. And so Hebrews 12, 26 through 29, this is our foundational scripture. It says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. So that only, let's say it together, unshakable things will remain. Woo! Unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is an all-consuming fire. So I think we can all say that 2020 was a year that everything got shaken, right? We had COVID, we had riots, we had the election, Lord have mercy. We just had all kinds of things that were shaken. And I, can, I think we can all say that 2020 has started out as a shaking also. Our nation is being shaken, we're being shaken. But we have to realize that in everything, this world is temporal and subject to change. But we also have to realize that, first recap, is we serve an unshakable God. We have an unshakable kingdom, and we have been given unshakable resources so we can live an unshakable life. Can I get an amen? We can live an unshakable life. And so the first week we talked about our unshakable God. Last week we talked about an unshakable kingdom. So this week we're talking about unshakable resources. And I was like, Holy Spirit, you lined this up perfectly because this... This is where I'm at right now in my walk with the Lord. And so the first point we're going to look at this morning is what are unshakable resources? They are resources that never run out. They are spiritual, eternal, and not temporal. So the things that God gives us to sustain us are eternal, they're unshakable, and they're not temporal. So that means they are, they'll never run out. God's resources never run out. We can always get more. We can always get more. We can always go back. We can always get more. And so the next point we're going to look at, which is where we're diving into today, is the Word of God is unshakable. The Word of God is unshakable. The Bible can be burned, banned, and destroyed, but God's Word endures forever. The Bible can be banned, burned, and destroyed, but God's Word endures forever. And I'm going to back it up with some scripture. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Psalms 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalms 119, 160, the entirety of your word is truth, Lord, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25, for you have been born again, but not to life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And the word is the good news that was preached to you. So the word of God is unshakable. We just said the Bible can be burned, banned, and destroyed, but God's word endures forever. And I think sometimes we forget that the New Testament church didn't have what we have. They didn't have a Bible for um, 1,500 years before the New Testament was ever printed in English. How did the church grow? 
How'd the church grow? God's word expanded to all parts of the world without a Bible. Because the truth of God's word is spiritual, eternal, and not bound by a book. God's word isn't bound by a book. If we never had the Bible, we could just look around at all creation and know that God made all of that. We don't need a book. But I'm really thankful we have a book. But God's word isn't bound by a book. Praise the Lord. This is why we have to remain unshakable in our daily time in the word. And so I think this is funny. My word for the year is remain. And what remain means is staying put and enduring. And so you can't fight anxiety, depression, fear, worry. You can't fight any of that without knowing the word of God. How are you going to win those battles if you are not daily in this? You won't. We won't. We can't. Because you know what? This is the only offensive weapon that we have. And praise God we have it. John six thirty six. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Nothing. The word that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And so I felt like the Holy Spirit quickened this to me last night when we put Xander to bed and I was going over it again because I was just so excited. He said, Jessica, I, I want to tell you this. And I said, okay, Lord. He said, when you speak the word, you are not only just speaking my word, so it manifests in the world. When you speak my word, you are now speaking physical health and life into your body. So when we speak God's word, we are speaking life over our physical bodies. How cool is that? I was like, wow, Lord, okay, Revel, I receive it. I receive it, Lord. I just, man, God is just so cool. He's just so cool. Our next point we're going to talk about is God's word is the sword of the spirit and a hammer that smashes rocks. It is our weapon of warfare. It's what we use to destroy and demolish the strongholds of the enemy. And if y'all know me at all, y'all know I like to smash things. I like to shank things. That's my word. I like to shank the devil. And if y'all don't like to shank him, y'all need to get with it. So we don't fight like the world fights. We use unshakable weapons of warfare, the mighty word of God. God's word in your mouth, listen, God's word in your mouth is is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. God's word in your mouth, in my mouth, is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Whoa. Whoa. What? So, God, you're telling me I have the same authority that you had when you spoke the earth into existence to command things to leave out of my life, to break addiction, to break strongholds. Whoa. God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians 6.17, And take the helmet of salvation and the what? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, uh, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow and, in the dis- and is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jeremiah 23.29, does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord. God's word burns like fire. It is not like a it is like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces. Woo! Listen, y'all. Oh, whoo. 
I'm about to. You have more power in your mouth when you use God's words than all the demons in hell. You have all power in your mouth if you will get in this than all the demons in hell. I was listening to a song this morning over and over, and Ann was like, you got to quit playing this. But I don't know if y'all have heard it. It's called Run, Devil, Run by Crowder. And as I was preparing and studying, I just kept hearing that, run, devil, run. Run, devil, run. And that's how I felt all week as I've been preparing. Devil, you better run because I'm about to bring the hammer to your head. I'm about to bring the shank of the Holy Spirit, the shank of the word, the sword of the Spirit into your throat. And that's how you've got to look at the enemy. You have got to be out to take him out. When the devil starts to hear you speak God's words, he runs because God's word is a hammer. The word of God is our sword, hammer. Like I said, for me, it's a shank. I'm small and petite. I like something I can just, you know, pull it out. <laughs> so when the devil sees me start to open my mouth, he knows I'm about to make him bleed. When the devil sees you start to open your mouth, he better know that you're about to make him bleed. And the only way that you make him bleed and run is by using this. This is your hammer. This is your bow. This is your shank. This is whatever weapon you want to pick. God ain't no, uh, he don't care what weapon you want it to be. Just as long as it can kill something. Not kill something as long as it can kill the devil. <laughs> don't kill something. Kill the devil. <laughs> clarifying so God's word is a sword of the spirit it's a hammer that smashes rock it is our weapon it is our weapon if I mean listen I ain't never handled a shank before I've touched a pocket knife I think (laughs) but how many of you know if you don't familiar familiarize yourself with the weapon of your choice you're not going to know how to use it right? You're not going to know how to use it. And so if you don't get in this word, if you don't dive into this word, and it doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't got it don't have to be long lengths of time. But if you will dive into this word, if you will soak and you will give God the best part of your day, you will be equipped and this will be your weapon. This will be your weapon. If you don't know how to use it, you'll lose every time. Every temptation that comes your way, every um, sin that comes your way, every addiction opportunity that comes your way, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is. Anytime anything comes your way and you don't know this, you're going to fall. We're human. And me and Pastor Ann aren't above, above that. We're human too. We have to be in this. This is our weapon. This is the thing that's going to keep us. On the straight and narrow path. Next point. God's word is an unshakable foundation upon which we build our lives. Matthew 7, 24, 24 through 27. Or Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rock in the scripture is the word of God. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. When we build our house on the word of God, we are unshakable. Our foundation of our life will remain. Our, if we build our finances, if we build our relationships, if we, if we build our family, our work environment, if we build our life on the word of God, when stuff starts coming like COVID-19 and Biden, We will be able to remain. I told, the, I told my girls other, I said, bite me, Biden. Lord, I pray salvation over him in Jesus' name that he would come to know you. But if we do not get in this, we will not remain when the presidents change, when our finances change, when our relationships change, when our family's going through a tough time. We will not remain. I mean, the word says, if we hear what God's word says and we don't do it, we will fall. But if we will listen and we will hide it in our hearts, we will literally, so we will daily spend time in his word no matter how long. When the floods and the temptations and the rain starts to beat on us and we feel like we're about to crumble. Any of y'all felt like that last year? We will remain we will endure. We will stay put. That's what I like. Stay put. God says stay put in his word. So when we don't hear God's word and hide it within our hearts, minds and spirits, when the enemy comes like a flood, and he will, we can all say that that's happened to us, and we speak, he isn't scared of us. Because he knows this got me. We are surface level Christians. When we don't hear God's word, hide it in our hearts, and do it, he's not scared of us when we open our mouths. Because he knows we're just surface level. We just go to church. We just go to small group. But we don't have a daily relationship with him. He's not scared of you. He's not scared of you. We have, we have to remain in the word. And when we remain, it destroys the enemy. When the word isn't our foundation and the trials of life come, we will fall. But I want to encourage you. You can do this. I promise you, if you will get in this, whatever time you have. My time is in the morning after Xander goes down for his first nap. That's my best time. Because I know if I don't do it then, I ain't going to happen. If you will give, give God the best part of your day and you will just read a chapter, a verse, man, he will meet you there. He will meet you there. Our next point. The Holy Spirit is unshakable. We have the indwelling, abiding presence of God in our lives. We are never alone. I'm going to read you some more scriptures. John 14, 16 through 18. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells within you, 
and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. John 16, 13 through 14. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of, take of what is mine and declare it to you. Wow. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Let your conduct be without uh, covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can Biden do to us if we remain? Nothing. Romans 8, 11, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. We can grieve, quench, but never extinguish the Spirit of God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. The Lord is our helper. And we do not have to fear. I think this is so awesome. We literally have the Im- abiding, indwelling part of God in us. When we said yes to Jesus, yes, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life, Savior, I believe that Jesus died and rose again. We didn't have to do anything else. Guess what? The Holy Spirit was now deposited in us. But you know what most of us don't do? We don't acknowledge him. He is the only part of God here on earth with us. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, ever interceding for us. So who's on earth with us? Who's in? The Holy Spirit. We have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So if that same Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, can't that same Spirit save Biden? Can't that same Spirit deliver someone from addiction, alcohol, drugs, Bad relationships. Can't he? But he won't until you invite him in. The Holy Spirit, he is not pushy. God's not going to push himself on you. He's a gentleman, as my mom likes to say. He's a gentleman. And we have to invite him into our life, invite him into our day, invite him into our finances, invite him into our marriage. We have to invite him in, which means we have to open our mouth. What do we just say? God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. And so if you don't open your mouth, you have no power. We've got to open our mouth and invite him in. So we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and with him all things are possible. All things. All things. What does all mean? Everything. There is nothing in the shadow. There is nothing in the dark that God cannot touch. That God cannot change. Now, we not only have the word of God, but now we have the authority of Christ to speak the word with fire. The Holy Spirit will never speak against God's word. He is the truth dealer. Not a drug dealer. He's a truth dealer. He is only going to speak to you what he hears the Father say. And it will never contradict his word. 
It will never go against his word. So if God's word says it's sin, it's sin. Sorry. If God's word says it's a promise for your life, it's a promise. If he says you have all authority, you have all authority. He will never speak against what the Father says. Never. So if you have a doubt in your mind, oh, should I do this, should I not do it? That doubt is the Holy Spirit saying, don't. Don't do it. If you have to question if it lines up with God's word, you better just back up, girl. You better back up and back away. You have to question. So the Holy Spirit, he's a truth dealer. He is the truth dealer. The next point. The Holy Spirit empowers us to endure, overcome, and advance the kingdom of God. The power we walk in is eternal and will give us endurance for the season we are in. The Holy Spirit is our advantage. The world doesn't know this power. They don't. 2 Timothy 4, 6, 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all of the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack. Yes, God, we thank you that you are delivering our nation from every evil attack and will bring us safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So the power that we have, the Holy Spirit empowers us to endure, overcome, and advance the kingdom of God. The power that we have as Christians, the world does not know. They don't understand, but they can. If we will remain, we will invite the Holy Spirit in, and we will just do what he's called us to do, we will endure during the hard times. We will overcome when temptation comes and we'll say no. And we'll make our purpose to advance the kingdom of God, which means telling people just what Jesus did for you. How did he set you free? What did he do that changed your life? They'll know the power that we have. Not the power that, the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. They will know that power if we will remain, endure, and overcome The next point, the Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see the invisible and ears to hear the eternal voice of God. This one's going off this one. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vast outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles. We can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So the Holy Spirit will give us eyes to see the invisible and ears to hear the eternal voice of God. When you see what others don't see, 
and hear what others don't hear, you can live an unshakable life. We don't have to be afraid. When you see what others don't see, you hear what others don't hear, you can live an unshakable life. The only way that we see and we hear is this. God's word says, knock, seek, ask, and it will be given to you. So if we want to see the spiritual things that are going on, let's ask. It's that simple. If you want to know what's going on in the spiritual realm, all you got to do is ask. All right, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see what's going on um, outside of this chaos, this chaotic relationship. Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see past this financial trouble that I'm in. Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see past this addiction that our family is facing. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear what I can do to help and to be of truth. The level, this is good, the level we see and hear solely depends on our relationship with Christ daily. So the level that you're going to see in the Spirit and the level that you're going to hear in the Spirit is solely based on your relationship with Christ daily. So if you feel like you can't see far or you feel like you can't see at all, what's your relationship with Christ like every day? Are you in His Word? Are you talking to Him? Are you inviting the Holy Spirit in to your day? Are you worshiping? Like Ian said, worship replaces worry. Woo, that was good, babe. I like that. So if you want to see deep and you want to hear clearly, you have to remain in the Word, communication with the Holy Spirit. When we seek, ask, and knock, like I said, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the things we cannot yet see. 2 Kings 6, 14 through 17. So one night the king Armin sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there was troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. He comes back to Elisha. He said, oh, sir, what shall we do? The young man cried. So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillsides around Elisha were filled with horses and chariots of fire. So this, this young man who was serving Elisha went out and looked around, and th their enemy was surrounding them. Just like some of our situations in our life, we feel like are surrounding us. And we look and we panic. Right? We look and we freeze. But Elijah said, we don't have to be afraid. Lord, open his eyes. Let him see. Lord, open our eyes and let us see outside of what we feel like is right here around us. Because when he looked out, what did he see? Chariots of fire. Y'all, those were angels. God sent his army to surround their enemy. So here's us. Here's our enemy, but here's God. All we have to do is ask. All we have to do is ask, and he'll show us. The next point, the love of God is unshakable. Nothing can separate, separate us from the love of God. In life, in death, in good times and bad, we are more than conquerors because he loves us. 1 John 4, 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
Romans 8, 31 through 39. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen his own? Who dares accuse us? God chose us. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and raised to life for us. He is seated at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading, interceding for you and for me. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute in danger, threatened with death in sin? All, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day, but we are being slaughtered like sheep. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the love of God is unshakable. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. Life, death, good times, bad times. We are more than conquerors because he loved us. C.S. Lewis said it. Because God loved us, he must labor to make us lovable. Because God loved us, he must labor to make us lovable. He doesn't love us because we are lovable. Because most of us, sometimes we are not lovable. At all, are we? No. We all have bad days. He loves us because he is love. He is. Full body form, God is love. That is what he is. His love sands away the rough, harsh, prideful, rebellious, and arrogant parts of our lives until we become lovable. So God labors to make us lovable. And he doesn't just love us because he has to. He loves us because he is love. And if we'll allow him to sand away the rough parts of our life, if we'll allow him to sand away our pride, our rebellion, our arrogance, our sin, he'll make us lovable, y'all. He'll make us so lovable that the world will be attracted to the church. You know what? All, all the churches in the world should be flooded with people because of the love of God right now during this pandemic. So we've got some work to do because we're not always lovable. We're human, right? But we should be so encapsulated with the love of God that we beam and we glow with the love of God and that attracts people to us. Not to us, but to him that is in us. Last point. The love of God is unshakable and the love of God is unstoppable. It's the one thing our world has no defense against. Christianity is a labor of love. The world can debate our doctrine, criticize our churches, find fault lines in our faith, but they cannot stop our love. I'm going to say that again. The world can criticize us, our churches, or find fault lines in our faith, find fault lines in our life, but they cannot 
debate or question the way that we love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13 says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secrets and plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice when injustice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but the love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, but even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, when Jesus comes riding in on that white horse, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and I thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see, that, now we see things imperfectly like puzzles, reflections in a mirror. But then we see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely. Just as God know, now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, love. And the greatest of these is love. It's the way that you and I love that leads others to Him. It's not you preaching out of it. It's not you shoving the Bible down their throat or pointing out their sin. It's going to be the way that you love them, regardless of their sin, regardless of how they live. That's what's going to lead them to the cross. That's what's going to lead them to Jesus. It's the way that you and I love that leads Just because we love doesn't mean we cover up sin. We face sin head on with love in our voice and our hearts. And most of the time when we don't do that, it's because we've got sin in our own hearts. When we can't face someone and and be there for someone when they're struggling, when they're in sin, and we criticize, and we judge. You know what that says? We've got sin in our own heart. Because if we are daily in this, if we are daily communicating with the Holy Spirit, His love is going to cover us. It's going to ooze out of us. It's going to pour out of our mouth. It's going to be in our brain. It's going to be in our heart. Everything that we do, everything that we do will be saturated in love. And that's how you're going to reach your family members. That's how you're going to reach your kids. That's how you're going to change things in your life. It's by His love. Man, if He loved you enough to change you, don't, think, don't you think He loves them enough to change them? 
you're no better than they are. I'm no better than they are. I was a sinner before I met Jesus. And I was a pastor's kid. If God loved you enough to change you, he loves them enough to change them. And the way that he's going to do that is through you. How crazy is that? God entrusts us sinners who he saved by his grace. Now he entrusts us to go out and to share that love and to share what God did in our lives to bring other people to the grace and the love that we now know. I love that scripture we just read because it just lays it out so plainly. Everything that you now know will be useless in the kingdom of God. But one thing, love. So we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just love you. God, I thank you that your word endures forever. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now. We invite you to speak to each heart in this room, God. I pray that something I said, God, something that you said through me, God, touch them. God, that they received a word specifically for them today. God, that it wasn't me, it was all you. God, that I can't do this without you. God, so I just pray right now that you would come in. I want to give you an opportunity. If, if, if while I was talking today and, and preaching and, and sharing, your heart started beating outside of your chest, started sweating, started getting sticky, I want you to know that's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. And if something we talked about today you struggle with, I want you to know that's okay. God can meet you in your struggle. He can meet you in your weakness. He can meet you in your need. I feel like there is someone in here. And you don't, you can't relate to anything I talked about because first and foremost, You've never invited Jesus into your heart. You've never accepted him as Lord and Savior. And you're like, Jess, I don't have authority. I don't get anything out of the word of God. I, I can't love other people because I don't feel loved. I want you to know Jesus loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to change that. So if today... You say, Jess, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And you want to do that? I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. Maybe you have accepted Jesus into your heart, but you fell away. And you want to rededicate. You want to get back on track with Him. I want you to stand up. Again, if your heart is being outside of your chest, that is the Holy Spirit talking to you. And you know what? Even if you don't stand up, he's still talking to you. If that's you, we're just going to, I'm just going to pray. The Holy Spirit told me there's someone that need, that, that know him. And I don't know if it's in this room. I don't know if it's online. If that's you, I want you to repeat after me. I want everybody to repeat after me today. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. 
I invite you into my heart. I acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. I believe that he died and rose again and that he loves me right where I am. I receive you and I accept you. In Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit, we just pray your blessing over today, God, that you would be with each person, God, and that um, you would just continue to work on our hearts the last week of this fast. God, let us be in tune with you. God, let us remain in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.